This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Bruce Clank at M4Jazz, who is off this week. And yeah, continuing coverage, uh, so terribly important to get information out to all British Columbians when you have a state of emergency and so many in the province now under an evacuation order or an evacuation alert. By the numbers, 27,000 under an order, 35,000 under an evacuation alert. It's not just Kelowna and West Kelowna where there are those complex fires now. Uh, it's areas like the Columbia Shoe Swap, and it's areas like Karameas, and it's areas like, oh, the little strip between Oliver and OK Falls, where you have uh, some people under an evacuation order, even though it is small. That is happening around the province. And you got to get the information out in real time. How do you do that? Well, some people share their stories or have in the past shared stories via social media. One of the most popular areas or ways to do so in the past has been by Facebook. But we all know that Meta, the parent company of Facebook and Instagram, put a stop to that in an ongoing battle between Canada, mostly the federal government, and the social media giant when it comes to what can be done on social media, and how you're going to compensate the content creators. Well, Premier David Eby, never been a fan of this, but uh, he spoke out against Meta and took sharp aim at that uh, Facebook parent company because Meta continues to double down during a state of emergency. This is what David Eby had to say earlier today. I find it astonishing uh, that we are at this stage of the crisis and uh, f- the owners of Facebook and Instagram have not come forward and said, look, we're trying to make a point with the federal government, but it's more important that people are safe. It's more important that they have access to basic information uh, through our networks and then we can deal with our concerns with the federal government and their new laws later. Uh, I call on Facebook again. Uh, Mr. Zuckerberg, uh, open up access to Canadian media so that uh, British Columbians can share critical local information so they can be safe. It's an, it's uh, it's incredibly frustrating to me uh, that we have to be making this call at this stage in the crisis. Um, but I hope that uh, that common sense prevails there. Uh, but uh, currently, it seems to be in short supply. Yeah, it's another ask. More words, a reason for the ask this time. Most people could probably agree that the reason is a justified one when you're in a state of emergency. But of course, we're not hearing any change in policy when it comes from, say, Facebook or Instagram parent company Meta. Let's bring in Jesse Miller, social media expert and founder at Mediated Reality. Good afternoon, Jesse. Good afternoon, Bruce. What do you make of this? Are we ever going to see a change in policy, even when we have uh, evacuation orders and alerts and the need to get news out? 
is obviously a very complex uh, uh, conversation, and I don't think that there's going to be a set idea of whether or not we get information or not. We have to keep in mind here that the majority of Canadians have pivoted to social media as a place to find news information. And the more remote you are, the more you rely on Facebook community groups to get information about what's happening in your neighbourhood. So when we look at how this conflict is kind of brewing, we're not seeing censorship of community conversation. We're seeing censorship of news links. And so when we worry whether or not Canadians are getting access to good information, the majority of people have to keep in mind that if you were looking at a six o'clock news and Global chose not to broadcast the news and instead ran a rerun of a soap opera, there'd be a lot of concerns about why we're not getting what we're used to getting. And so right now, Facebook is basically putting in its, its, its feet in the sand and saying, we're not budging. We, we don't believe that the bill is fair, that the law is fair. And just because you're having a crisis doesn't mean that we should open up the floodgates of information. You know, I get it. Community groups are a great way to uh, find out a little bit about what neighbours are talking about. But it comes down to good information. And I think you mentioned that. Use those terms. Good information. Good news. Not good news, but good news. And uh, sometimes those community groups are sharing things that just aren't true not accurate or should not be shared for various reasons of sensitivity. Journalists do know about those things. They're trained to kind of be aware of that. Like it or not, whatever your opinion of a journalist or mainstream media might be, there are reasons why you go to that information. And a lot of it's because it's credible and it is verified. Yeah, and Bruce, that's where we get to that slippery slope of what people believe to be verifiable information. And that's a huge complex issue in Canada. And we're seeing big gaps in media literacy and trust in journalism. But the thing is, as a media educator, I trust journalists. I trust the idea that individuals who work in journalism want to get the best information about a story possible. We know that there's an economy that exists within traditional terrestrial media to try and get the most sensational story out first. But what I value about the majority of Canadian journalists who are associated to any of the the big brands of media, Global, CTV, CBC, is that people value their job. They value their work. And so when we look at misinformation on social media, the community groups actually do give us a very good vantage point to what's happening. And yes, sometimes there is misinformation just based on community reaction. People want to jump ahead of the story or they are kind of sharing falsehoods and rumor. But when we have journalists doing their jobs and that information is available, what we have to keep in mind is that the majority of government information is still available on social media. We still have the Canadian government sharing on Facebook and, and, and Instagram. We still have news agencies that can po- post information. The bigger issue here is whether or not that information should be something that Facebook has to pay a quote-unquote tax on and how they make money in sharing that information. And so what Facebook is saying is that if you're limiting our profits and, what, what, and, and our profits and at the end of the day too, our ability to make money in your country, we don't necessarily care that there's a emergency. And I think right now also politicians are using this example to show that there should be some kind of, uh, of leeway or, or flexibility from the company, but we're not demanding that from any other industry. So why does Facebook have to face that? Well, it's a circular argument, Jesse, and uh, one has to step in at some point and stop that circle. How's it going to come to an end? What's our exit strategy here? 
well, we need more uh, Canadian-based social media or, or, or website reliance in our, in, our, in our journalism access. And so I encourage people not necessarily to get their information from social media, but to still go to traditional websites. I mean, all of the news agencies I mentioned before still have traditional news sites that you can go to. The hard part here is that Canadians have become so reliant on accessing information through social media, not only in the sense of going to the provider, but regurgitated content because their friend saw a link and decided to share it. That's why when we see people on Facebook sharing a TikTok video, some people laugh and go, I saw that a couple of weeks ago. You're not getting fresh content. You're, not, you're getting re- repurposed content. And so we still need people to go to the up-to-date websites to get the most relevant information possible and then balance that with your community groups in social media because that's why it's called social media. Now, are Canadian media organizations doing the right thing for their side in trying to fight this? Uh, I hear so many ads out there right now where there is a concerted effort to kind of put uh, an end to what they see is going on. uh, And I can understand the reason why. Uh, Is it going to work? And uh, they've got skin in the game. But, um, you know, what's your idea? What's your perspective? So a couple of notes here. One, uh, when we look at organizations like Global Chorus, when we look at things like CTV, we have to recognize here that these are big congl- parts of big conglomerates who make a lot of money. And so the fight between conglomerates like Meta and let's say Chorus or Shaw and Rogers, there's always going to be these kind of connections of who's right, who's wrong, who's making money, what information is there for the everyday person and what information can be accessed based on, hey, this is where my preferred choice of cable provider news access is. What I think is important here is that when we look at how media is fighting back against this, they're also fighting for the small news agencies, the uh, local news providers, the the individuals who have put together a newspaper and has been part of a community for 50 years and they're struggling because they don't have ad revenue, but they're still looking to put content from their community out into the places where people are going to absorb it. We need more advocacy for local news providers. And so at the end of the day, yes, we see large agencies kind of take over by newspaper groups and sit there and kind of regurgitate content from one part of the province to the other. But when it comes down to finding that balance, social media plays a very pivotal role in how local news hits our internet. And sometimes the smallest of stories become the biggest of stories because we have this amazing tool that allows us to capture and share in real time. So when it comes down to it, we still need more local news and hopefully we start to see a middle ground kind of develop. It doesn't mean that the Bill C-18 is right or wrong. It just means that unfortunately, those groups may not have enough money to fight the big fight. Jesse Miller, appreciate your insight as always, especially when we take a look at Canadian news during a state of emergency. Thanks so much. Thanks, Bruce.